You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. Have you ever wondered what it takes to reach the C-suite and what sets those individuals apart from other professionals? Well, according to the findings from the Deloitte Greenhouse, it all comes down to business chemistry. Joining us today to discuss findings from their new study is Kim Christford, National Managing Director of the Deloitte Greenhouse Experience Group. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, before we tee off, I just want to say in in doing my research, I found that this was actually the uh, cover story for the Harvard Business Review. So this is exciting. Yes, <laughs> we were very excited. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a real honor to uh, to be part of the Harvard Business Review, and and certainly the cover story is fantastic. Absolutely, I've got to grab a copy of mine. Um, I've got to grab a copy of it and and read it in more detail. Um, I did check out the article online, but let's go ahead and and dive into this business chemistry here because it's pretty fascinating. Um, so Deloitte has developed a system called Business Chemistry to help define workplace styles. Could you tell us a little bit about the system? Yeah, sure. Business Chemistry is interesting because it's a system that applies science to the art of relationships so that people can work more effectively together. And what we did was the Deloitte Greenhouse partnered with scientists from the fields of neuroanthropology and genetics to try to identify what are those things that that are defining about our different working styles. And that research resulted in us finding four core patterns of behavior. And and these are patterns that are that are universal. You see them, you know, anybody who's a person will have these <laughs> patterns of behavior. Uh, but of course we're looking at it from from the lens of a business person. Um, and so so they're really interesting and distinct. You know, the first one is the driver, and the driver is this pattern that values challenge. They like to generate momentum. They tend to be very quantitative. They're logical. They're competitive and a little bit experimental. You know, let's let's try something and see what happens. Uh, The other sort of opposite to that driver is the integrator. They are much more about connection. They want to draw teams together. They tend to be very diplomatic. They're empathic. They're relationship oriented and they're non-confrontational. And then you have our guardians. Our guardians value stability. They bring order. They bring rigor. Tend to be a little bit more reserved. They're practical. They're more detail-oriented. And then you have their opposites, the pioneers, who are the ones that are really looking into possibilities. They're sparking creativity, very outgoing, spontaneous, and adaptable. And so those four types are not only present you know, throughout the business population, but all of us tend to be a mix of those types. But in general, we have one or maybe two of those that really define us. Yeah, Kim. The first thing that I said when I read the article was, uh, which one am I? And uh, and going through the different types, I said, you know, well, on any given day, I can be one or two or three or four. 
but I think my dominant would be, uh, would be Pioneer. Is there a test that people can take uh, that's available for the public? Or is this more yeah. of a, oh, so let, let's, let's talk about the test. Where can, where can people find it? Yeah, so, so the interesting thing about this is that the whole system was designed to be done without a test. It's, it's meant to be something that you can just observe the, the people around you and get a sense for what they might be. Excellent. To make that easier, we developed a tool called 20 Questions. And if you go to Deloitte.com and you search for business chemistry, um, you'll, you'll be able to find a link. You just need to, to, to register yourself, uh, and, then, and then it'll give you access to that tool. And that gives you a hypothesis. Right, um, you know, it gives you a sense of I'm probably primarily a driver, for instance, or, or as you said, you know, I'm prob probably mostly pioneer. <laughs> although on any given day, I might have these other things. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm also a, uh, a professor uh, for graduate studies for graduate human resources. So when it comes to group projects, I will be looking out for these four types and uh, seeing Excellent. which buckets the uh, students fall into. Uh, quick shout out to Stony Brook University where I'm a professor. But uh, so the latest study, it looks at the roles of business chemistry. Um, but this one is unique because it takes a look at the highest tier of leadership, the C-suite executives. Why do you feel that this angle was so important to research? So we get this question all the time uh, because, as as you know, you know, being a professor, you see these dynamics at play all the time yes. in teams and in workplaces. And you know, also when you talk about the C-suite, you know, those are the CEOs, the CFOs. They're they're the, they're the rock stars in our business <laughs> world, right? And and people want to know, you know, are they really different? You know, how am I the same or different from these leaders? And so we wanted to have a real answer to that, a scientific-based answer to that. And so we we actually looked at six hundred. 160 executives in the U.S. Um, from more than 500 different companies. So we had a really, really nice sample to sort of show us, you know, are there differences there? So what and I bet you're wondering, are there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> I know. I don't want to leave you hanging. Yeah, so indeed there are differences. Um, so, so it's interesting. If you look at the general business population overall, you actually see a pretty even distribution across those four types that I described. But if you just look at that C-suite sample, it's actually skewed. And it's skewed towards that pioneer pattern. So that's the one that you said you are. They, they right. value the possibilities and they are imaginative and adaptable. So it's skewed towards them and also towards drivers. Those are the ones who value challenge and really want to be logical and quantitative and all that. So, you know, 36% of the sample is pioneers and 29% is drivers. So it's, you know, it's significant. Having said that, every single type is represented in the C-suite. So it's not as if, you know, you can't have a leader who, you know, is something other than those types. And in fact, for certain roles, like the CFO, the chief financial officer, for instance, they're more likely to have drivers and guardians as their top two types, yeah. which makes sense, right? Because the driver, again, I, I told you what that was, but the guardian, you know, they're, they're the ones who are really about order and rigor and being methodical. You know, I kind of want that in my CFO. I agree 100%. And Kim, this has so many practical applications. I'm thinking of, you know, professional development for the young professionals that listen to this podcast and that say, you know, well, I, I want to make it to the C-suite one day. And they can refer to this study, they can refer to this, to this uh, personality profile to say, okay, well, if a dominant amount of CEOs are pioneers, 
how can I learn to become a pioneer? In what ways do I need to challenge myself? In what ways do I need to value possibilities, spark energy and imagination on teams? Uh, you know, if they want to be CFO, how can I focus on getting results? Uh, and, and so on and so forth. And I'm also thinking of, uh, you know, as a consultant, I work with many different executive partners and just really getting a quick understanding for who that person is and what values are most important to them. And so communicating to them through the lens that's most important uh, for them I, I, are just a few um, practical examples I could, I could think of. Absolutely. I mean, you, you just hit on two really key points. You know, first of all, for the individual, um, you know, th if you are looking to your career and, and what you want to do, this is the perfect time for soul searching in a different way because, you know, as I said, there are all types in the C-suite. So what's interesting, which I haven't mentioned, is that the C-suite leaders all share things in common, too. So even though there's a skewing towards those two styles, all of them tend to be more big-picture thinking, more comfortable with ambiguity, more quantitative, more competitive, and quick to make decisions. You know, so regardless of the working style, they all share that trait. But what they don't have um, as a unique thing, right, what they share with the rest of us is, you know, they are no more disciplined than anyone yeah. else. <laughs> They're no more punctual. They don't prioritize relationships anymore. So, you know, there there are a lot of paths to leadership. And, and I think it's really important for somebody thinking about this to, to remember that, you know, not everybody wants to have that corner office role, right? And, and right. our research actually shows that career aspirations differ dramatically depending on what your working style is. And so, you know, pioneers and drivers are two-thirds of our C-suite sample, but they're also the types most likely to say they aspire to be leaders, whereas other types, like a guardian, might aspire to be an expert in something. It's a different kind of leadership. So we're only taking one lens on this. Your point also about how to relate, you know, if you're an executive and how to relate to, to others and to your teams, that's the heart of this, right? You know, recognizing that not everybody has the same style and, and being on the lookout for that so that you can choose how you want to adapt. You know, if you think of these differences in working style as a language. You know, what language is somebody else speaking and, and can I speak that language or not? Maybe I can't, but at least I recognize it's a foreign language and I, <laughs> you know, I can be respectful of that. I know they're not just crazy. Well, I think we've, you've created an entirely new lane for executive coaches and that's going to be how to speak to, uh, to the business chemistry in an organization. So kudos to you for, um, for fueling growth in the executive coaching path because you're right a lot of executives well I, I i can't speak in certain terms but but sometimes executives you know can only speak from their context or from their lens and see things from their perspective um but having right, this and it's more, worked for yeah, them in the past yes. so why would they change yes exactly exactly but in this new way of doing work these new business problems that we have uh it, it's really difficult sometimes to um to, to just have that one way of communicating. Absolutely. Uh, Kim, we're, we're coming up against our time here, but I'd love to have you up on the show again soon. Do you have any parting thoughts to share and where can our listeners go for more information other than the, the cover page of the Harvard Business Review? 
Yeah. So uh, for more information, they can go to Deloitte.com. That's D-E-L-O-I-T-T-E.com and search for either business chemistry or CXO research. Um, And I guess the parting thoughts on this are, you know, the key here is that everybody has strengths. Those are your natural styles. And chances are, if you play to them, you're going to do great, whether that's, you know, in the corner office or, or somewhere else. Awesome. Awesome. Play to your strengths. I like that. Well, Kim, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining on the Business Life and Coffee Show. One final question. Are you a coffee person? Yes or no? I am a huge coffee person. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to ship you uh, a, a coffee gift card or something. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that. Thank awesome. you so much. Nice to talk to you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.